more time. Come on and sing it. and for your goodness and we just ask as we're gathered together here in this chapel and people are joining us in different parts of the world and people that will view this later we ask somehow Lord that this will not be just a, a another service but we've worshipped you already here in song and praise and worship and it was so good and I just ask, Lord, that you would touch every heart and life in this place today. Minister to them and meet their needs. You know what they need more than I do. And I pray those that are viewing with us in places beyond, whatever their needs may be, they'll reach out to you and they'll touch you, Lord. God, they'll ask you to fill their hearts and that you, they will be overflooded and the anointing will flow and you will anoint me to speak your words. And God, that I'll speak life from your, your, your words, not just, just preach a message, but speak words of life in Jesus' name. One more time, Rosa, oh come, let us adore him. Come on, sing it out, everybody. You at home, sing with us. tell you you know I've been on this journey of, of faith for a long time and I know in my journey my rear view has been much longer than my view in the front here on this earth I don't know how much longer I have I'm not planning to, to leave soon but I'm just saying to you it's been a wonderful journey and I'm not giving parting words like I'm leaving or I'm dying or something like that. I'm just saying it's been an awesome journey serving the Lord. And my purpose is, is in life is, is to, you know, number one, be a blessing to my family. I love my family and I think my family is probably outside of God the most important thing to me and then you're next. You're, you're so important to me and then of course many people that's viewing with us. Um, are very important to us as well. And so I just pray this morning, we won't have just a, 
a, a sermon and a few things happen, but you're, you will be elevated in the spirit to where your faith grows stronger in God and where you're wrestling with some issues, maybe with some relationships or something, and maybe at work. Somehow God will help you become stronger and bolder and walk through and come out better than you are today. Amen. All right, you may be seated if you can. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for the different ones that are viewing and watching, and I want to talk to you here a few minutes about something that I talked about two weeks ago, and I'll probably take one more week to talk about this because I feel like that my, my topic today is attitude determines the quality of your life. Your attitude determines the quality of your life. You know, obviously there's other things in life that we incorporate with uh, living, but without, with a bad attitude, what you do, it doesn't make much sense. But when you've got a good attitude, and especially a godly attitude, then that's when you can experience a greater and better life. Now, I want to read from Proverbs chapter 15, verse 15. And I'm reading this from the Living Bible, and it said, When a man is gloomy, everything seems to go wrong. Now listen to that thought right there. When a man or woman is gloomy, everything seems to go wrong. So, you know, things happen in our life every day, or sometimes you get up emotionally, and, and your emotions are not in check the way you would want them to be and you feel gloomy well when you feel gloomy everything seems to go wrong but notice the next part of this he said when he is cheerful everything seems right when he is cheerful everything seems right so being cheerful is a choice as well you know, many people don't realize how many choices they have to change their feelings. You know, um, we were with um, David and Jordan last evening for a little while. And, of course, Jordan, she had one of the greatest attitudes. I mean, we came home, uh, my wife and I, Sharon, Pastor Sharon, would come home and said, Boy, Jordan was in a good mood. Sometimes when Jordan's not in a good mood, she shows it. <laughs> And um, sometimes Jordan's mood sometimes can be a little tacky. And, uh, of course, Jordan is our great-granddaughter, a beautiful eight-year-old that we love more than I, I can even tell you how much I love her to the moon and back and more. But sometimes her attitude, you know, is uh, not cheerful. And, um, and so, you know, it starts it starts. When children are born, attitudes are developed when children are born. And when we think about it, environment growing up has so much to do with attitude. And then as you get older, if you don't take necessary steps from God's Word to change your attitude through learning how to be better and keep yourself, then you go through life with what you were allowed to grow up into and slide into in moments of despair or moments of 
of just waking up with bad feelings. So um, when you wake up with bad feelings, you've heard me say so many times, I learned a long time ago from George Mueller, who was passed on before I was uh, in the ministry, but uh, probably before I was born. But anyway, George Mueller looked over thousands of orphans and had to believe God every day for the food to get them. But he said, I won't leave my, my home until I get my soul happy. And so I learned from that statement that I need to get my soul happy before I begin my day because something is going to happen through the day most of the time that's going to challenge my soul being happy. And so uh, I, I want to say again, you can make the choice to have a cheerful attitude when everything seems to go wrong and you can feel sorry for yourself. Now, I know one in this room never has any pity parties. And, I, and nobody watching me has any pity parties. But I'll tell you, I've had my share in the past of feeling sorry for myself and pity parties. And guess what? When I had the pity party, no one showed up but me. <laughs> nobody wanted in on my pity party. So think about that. If you're having a pity party, no one wants anything to do with you while you're in your pity party. So it's, it's what's the use in giving those minutes and maybe hours or days or weeks away? Why give them away and lose that much of your life when you could be cheerful? See, everything, you don't have to be a product of your circumstances or your environment. See, many people become a product of their circumstances and their environment because they don't know any better, never been taught any better, and then sometimes people that have been taught better choose to stay in the circumstances or the environment they were brought up in. You can learn God's ways and let him help you become a product of a good attitude and right decisions. See, when you have a good attitude, this helps you to make better decisions. When you have a bad attitude or a wrong attitude, you can't make proper and good decisions. And I think this, the greatest day in your life is when you take responsibility for the attitude that you have, whether it's good or not good. Take responsibility for your attitude. Uh, you know, don't, don't blame somebody else the reason why you got this attitude. So, you know, your attitude is an outward expression. Listen to this. Your attitude is an outward expression of an inward feeling. So think about it. Think about it. Many times if you've got a, a, a downcast attitude, you have no hope. You lose your hope. And so I say, if you have no hope for the present, you have no hope for the future. So that's why I get up every day, go to God's word, go to Jesus, go to the Lord. And as we're singing that song, Jesus, we just kept singing, saying the name, say the name Jesus. I got tears in my eyes I, I, because I begin to see Jesus of of him going to the cross and all the things that he went through for me that I could have a good attitude, that I could have a good life. And so if you want to keep hope 
for the future, you have to have it today. If you don't have hope today, you can't have hope for your future. Now, what is attitude? What is attitude? Let me just say it this way. Your attitude draws people to you or repels them. It draws people to you or it repels them. And this is very important. Your attitude is never content until it's expressed. It's the librarian of your past. It's the speaker of your present. And it's the prophet of your future. So think about this, what I just said here. Let me just go through it one more time. I know it's on the screen. I know you can read. But I know it's important for you to get a, get a, a picture of this. Your attitude draws people to you or it repels them. And it's never content until it's expressed. It's got to get out. Sooner or later, your attitude, you can't mask it for long. You can't mask it for long because it will show. It's the librarian of your past. It's the speaker of your present. It's the prophet of your future. Now, if you can maintain a good attitude when bad things happen, it gives you courage to stand in the time of adversity and allow the Holy Spirit to work on your behalf. See, if you can't maintain that good attitude, then you grieve the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit can't come in and lift you to the place you need to be lifted to to walk you through the circumstances and the problems that's, that's going on around you. So think about that right now. Uh, if you maintain a good attitude when bad things happen, and boy, I could get into this really and start talking about that, but you know, I, I work on my attitude every day because it, it, wants, to, it, it wants to go sour. Uh, I, any of you here, I know yours doesn't ever want to go sour. But, but I have to constantly, because sometimes every now and then I let it get sour. And then when it gets sour, then I realize, hey, I've messed up. Now, I don't stand around and beat myself up because I, I let it get sour, but I get myself back on track. And if I've done something to someone, I apologize and try to get myself back with a good attitude because it's important. See, let me say this to you. One of the things I've found out about attitude is most people with wrong attitudes don't even realize they have one. They think it's everybody else that's got a bad attitude. They want to think it, it's them that's got the problem, not themselves, you know. Uh, they get angry real easy and use cutting words. They'll use cutting words to hurt other people. And they never realize that they can't make uh, themselves happy by trying to make somebody else miserable. Did you hear what I just said? See, a lot of people think they can make themselves happy by trying to make somebody else miserable. You can't be happy making someone, trying to make someone else miserable. And you know what? I've just decided you, you or nobody else is going to make me miserable because I'm not going to waste my moments, uh, my moments, hours, or days, whatever it may be, to be miserable because I got Jesus living on the inside of me. And he, the Bible says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen? Amen? Well, somebody say praise God. Now, 
I want to say this, and this is really, really important, and I'm going to put this on the screen, or, or Cheryl will put this on. Uh, my, my wife was getting on to me yesterday or this morning. She said, I was talking about Cheryl. Cheryl has been with us so long, and... Um, and she's a beautiful lady, and she's sitting in the control room putting this on the screen. And, and you know, no one sees her. She's a little lady about this high. <clears throat> Been with us for years, and just a beautiful woman of God. And we love her so much, so faithful and loyal to our ministry. And, and Pastor Sharon says, she's, she's not Cheryl, she's Cheryl. <laughs> I said, well, that's the, the southern in me to call her Cheryl. And uh, so... Cheryl, <laughs> don't be offended at me, Cheryl, <laughs> when I call you Cheryl. I know it's, my wife told me it was Cheryl. So anyway, <clears throat> that's the redneck in me from Tennessee that's coming out. So I'm sorry about that. But, but listen to what I'm about to say as Cheryl puts this on the screen for us. Your attitude is more powerful than your gifts and talents. Your attitude is more powerful than your gifts and your talents. And you know, many people go to work and they go do all this stuff and many people have talents for different things and they, <clears throat> they wrap themselves up in their talents and sometimes their attitude is so bad you can't even get close to them. So that's why I'm saying Sometimes you may not have the skills and talents of others, but your talent, but your, but your attitude will make up the difference by how God will open the door and open the windows for you. You know, I'm so, so enamored and blessed by the blessings of God at the favor that God has given us over the years. You know, uh, this, is, this is, yesterday was my birthday, and um, thank you, thank you, <clears throat> thank you. Yesterday was my birthday, and uh, many, many people have acknowledged that, and I'm grateful for all that. But one of the things that I'm saying is, in these 77 years, I mean, life has been such an awesome adventure with the people that God has put in our life and the divine favor he's given us and the places he's has exalted us to and the people he's let me meet and have relationships with. You know, back when I was a kid, a, a relationship with a man called A.A. A. Allen, I used to watch him on TV, never dreaming that one day uh, I would talk to him on the phone and then we would actually meet. I talked to him on, phone, on the phone by accident. It wasn't an accident by God, but with me doing it in the circumstances, it was an accident. So God eventually brought him into my life and he did so much in the early part of mentoring my life. And, uh, and then it goes on and on. And I won't call other names because that's not the, the point here. But... The 77 years uh, and uh, uh, over 60 something, I've been 62 years, I believe I've been 
ministering the gospel and the open doors and the, the places we've been in the world and the people we've been privileged to meet and come to Christ. And a, a, a woman sent me a message the other day. Um, I hadn't seen her in years. And she said, when you came to Birmingham, Alabama, and you put your big tent up, her name's Mary Stevens. And I, I don't know if she ever watches or not, but her name's Mary Stevens. And she said, when you came to Birmingham, Alabama on the fairgrounds and you put your tent up, I went in and I was lost and unsaved. But as you begin to preach, tears streamed out my face. She sent me this note the other day. Hadn't heard from her in years. And she said, that was the greatest day of my life. I gave my heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ because you came to Birmingham, Alabama, and I wandered into your tent meeting where hundreds and hundreds of people were attending. And she said, when you give that altar call, I could not sit in my seat. I had to run, and I've been serving God ever since. Now, that, that was over 40 years ago, way over 40 years ago. And so I want to tell you something, folks. The, the adventure uh, has been awesome and and as I turned 77 yesterday uh, it's double seven (laughs) double seven so seven is God's perfect number it's a it's it's God's blessings number so I I'm my year this year of seven seven it's double blessings and so I'm going to get to bless you more I'm going to get to bless people around the world more And so when I've been prophesied to and been spoken of that my future is brighter than my past and I'm going to do more in my future than I've done in my past, I just realized the double seven. This is the year. You know, I thought my 75th birthday was something special, but 77, the double seven, the double blessing. I'm telling you, I'm going to lay hands on people. We're going to cast out evil spirits. We're going to stand up and we're going to go into things and do things for God that we've never done before because of the anointing of the Holy Ghost. That double seven anointing. Elisha came out from Elijah with a double portion of Elisha's spirit. So I'm believing for 2020 in my life and your life for the double blessings to be on our life. Now, let me get back to my message. I just wanted to throw that in. Many gifted and talented people never taste the rewards of their skills because their attitude makes them undesirable to be around. You know, I've seen some people, you know, when I see them coming, you know, I just have to pray, God, give me strength. God, give me strength because you know their attitude is going to stink. Pardon me for that term. You know, uh, I, I said this two weeks ago, but I want to, to say it one more time because it bears repeating. Our attitude to our church should be submissive to leadership, loyal, patient, thankfulness, persevering, believing, serving, cooperation, tithing, and giving. And I appreciate you so much, you that serve and you that are so loyal and you're so committed. And, and, and you know, I look back at Graciela there and I'm not going to start calling names. I'm going to just get her and I'm going to stop because I'll get in trouble. 
But over the years, so faithful, just so faithful, just so faithful, and serves and faithful. And then I've never had her heard her complain once. If she did, she didn't do it to me, or it didn't get back to me. So, uh, so faithful. And I could go on and on. Everybody here is so faithful. And you know what? We treat everybody the same. There's people in this room that you don't tithe. They don't tithe. And people that watch us don't tithe. But you know, I don't treat people any different because they don't tithe because your tithing and your giving is up to God. But it's all got to do with attitude. Tithing and giving has all got to do with attitude. Because if you've got the right attitude towards God, you don't want to withhold anything. I've mentioned before with my wife, uh, I don't want to withhold anything that I can do to make her life better. Uh, whether it's finances, my love, my, my, my helping her in the house, or uh, whatever it may be, I want to be there for her any minute of the day. Well, that's the way it should be if we really, and so I'm not going to with, I'm not going to hide money from her and, and pretend, you know, and, and I'm not going to open up separate bank accounts and I'm not going to do anything. I want her to, to be as much a part of anything that God opens the door for me to give. Amen? Amen. And so that's what I'm saying. If you're really, really serious about your relationship with God, when it comes to tithing and giving, you're not going to hold it so close to you. You're not going to hold it so close to you that, that you can't share it with God. What if I did not share what God blesses me with with her? What if she did not share with me uh, what, what God uh, blesses her with? I mean, ours is one. It's one. It's not hers. It's not mine. Of course, her clothes is hers. <laughs> They're not mine. You know? Uh, uh, I don't think I would look too snazzy if I were to try to wear her clothes. And um, so, so let's say that, that you know, that, that is hers. And, and I don't think you want to see me walk in here with one of her purses. Uh, and, and you know she does have a few purses and uh, yeah I don't think you want to see me walk in here with, with her, her shoes on you know you wouldn't want to see that I, number one I couldn't get them on and I couldn't stand up in them if I did but anyway I, I want to make a point that, that when, we, when, we, uh, when we're in relationship with husband and wife and children and, and, and family you know you, you, what's the difference with God if I can share with her and she can share with me why can't I give God his 10% why can't I give God uh, uh, an offering and so you need to think about that if you that don't tithe uh, you're not hurting me you're not hurting this church you're hurting yourself for not sharing the 10% that belongs to God because you, that, that is God's money. He gave you 90% and he will bless 90% more than the 100% he, that, that is cursed But if you don't give it. Anyway, moving on. But let me, let me just say this. In order to have a positive and proactive attitude, it's a disciplined process and deliberate, you have to be deliberate about the way you see and think about events, situations, people, and yourself. How do you see yourself? See, that how you see yourself 
is how you display yourself. You can't, you, as I said, sooner or later the mask comes off. So I, I have learned that I have to see myself through the eyes of God and He gives me the strength. He gives me the strength to be the person He sees me as rather than me coiling up into the wrong and feeling, uh, feeling I'm a nobody because, uh, uh, because I feel that way. You know what? I've, I've learned to see myself through God's eyes. See, the way you think determines the way you feel. Therefore, you must be constantly managing the way you perceive and process events. How do you perceive? See, a perception is perception is the same thing as reality yes. to you. Yes. It may not be reality, but it be, what you perceive becomes your reality. So that's why I say that perception. Uh, uh, the way you think determines the way you feel and you must be constantly managing the way you perceive and process events because this is essential to a positive godly attitude. Now, uh, a key element of mental discipline is paying attention to and managing your self-talk. Oh, wow. Wow. Did you know you talk to yourself more than you talk to anybody else? Yes, I do. <laughs> I do it out loud. I do too. You do too? Joy does too. You do too? You do too? You do too? You do too? Wow, wow, I'm not the only one then. But I talk to myself. I, you know why? You, you, you've heard me say this before, but the reason I talk to myself, I like to talk to a smart man. <laughs> And I like to hear a smart man talk. So, so I've realized when, you know, next week I'm going to bring this up again because I have a story I want to talk about in this self-talk. Because self-talk, self-talk can get you in trouble. And, and it can get you to react. It can get you to act. It can get you to do uh, the, the wrong thing or it can get you to do the right thing. But self-talk is what you say to yourself about situations you're facing. It's how you choose to interpret and explain the events you're experiencing. Your self-talk is, is really, really, really important. And what do you talk about to yourself? Somebody says, I don't talk about it. Yes, you do. Every one of you do. You may not talk out loud like some of us in here in the room does. But, but you know what? You talk to yourself. I said it and I'm going to repeat it. To yourself more than you do anybody else. Yes, you do. Now, let me say this. Managing your self-talk is critical because words carry thoughts and thoughts create feelings. Words... Managing your self-talk is critical because your words carry thoughts and your thoughts create feelings. So when you're faced with a difficult or frustrating situation, you can choose to focus on the problem, spend time in negative talk. You can focus on worrying. Has anybody in here in this room ever had a, a worry, worry party? 
a worry party? And, and isn't a worry party miserable? I've never used that term before, a worry party, but, but you know when you start worrying, you know, it's, it's, fear that's, it's fear that's motivating that thinking. And when that fear is motivating that thinking, you know, it, it's, it's, it's you're worrying and you're confused and you're, you're miserable, you're tore up, you, you, can't, you, can't, you can't enjoy, you can't be at peace because you've got all of this stuff over here in a pile and, and you, the pile gets bigger and bigger and bigger and your thought process is over here in the garbage can pardon me but your thought process is over here in the garbage can and and you're you're looking and and you're leaving God out of the picture you may every now and then try to bring him in but God doesn't get in the garbage can the Holy Ghost doesn't get in the garbage can the word of God doesn't get in the garbage can you have to get the word of God in you to get you out of the garbage can because worry is destructive worry is is terrible and as I said tomorrow uh, next Sunday I want to talk about some things that happened to me and 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 how I had to work through all of this I'm not going to do it today see you can focus on worrying complaining or you could acknowledge that God's given you the power to discipline yourself to see a better picture than you're looking at when you are looking at the wrong picture and you're worrying that you see destruction and disaster and problems rather than seeing the picture and the image that God wants you to see that the joy of the Lord is, is your strength in the time of trouble. So you should engage yourself in godly self-talk and focus on finding a solution to endure the challenge that's set before you and determine I'm a winner. I'm not a loser. I'm a winner. You know, you may be attacked from every situation. Everything may be going wrong in your family, your finances, and everywhere else. But remember, your attitude is important and your self-talk, what you're saying to yourself. Now, Romans 4.17 says... Call those things which be not as though they were. When you don't feel good, don't say I don't feel good. You're agreeing with your feelings. Change your feelings by saying, I believe I'm feeling better through Jesus Christ. You know, begin to see the picture being better than... I don't feel, I'm not talking about physical feelings of, of sickness or something like that. I'm talking about emotional feelings. When you have emotional feelings, I just don't feel good. I just feel down and, you know, whatever. And, and you know, I was sharing with uh, my wife and TJ, uh, you know, there, there was a couple of days there. I, I, I had some experiences, and to this day, I don't know what I, I, I was experiencing. It, it was some joy and anxiety mixed together, and I didn't know what it was. Uh, you know, it started on the end of the trip, and as we got home, um, and I still had it, but, and, and you know, and TJ came in, and we were talking about some things, and, and so... I shared with them that I just been having some things go on inside that I didn't know what they were, but I didn't I didn't let them trouble me. 
See, I just said, Holy Spirit, help me to understand if I'm supposed to pray for somebody. If there's something wrong that I need to believe for. And, and so I just prayed in the Spirit. I didn't know what to say to God or anybody else or to her or TJ when we got home. And, and I, I didn't know what to say other than pray in the Holy Ghost. And when I prayed in the Holy Ghost, then a peace just began to flow over me when I began to pray in the Holy Ghost. So I, I think it's important that we don't say what is so much, that we call in what we want to happen. So I, I believe it's time in our self-talk we need to take Romans 4.17 and say, I'm an heir of God. I'm a joint heir of Jesus Christ. I'm the righteousness of God. I've been bought by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I've been redeemed. I'm a winner. I'm not a loser. I'm up. I'm not down. I I'm in faith. I'm not in fear. I'm not sad. I'm happy. I'm full of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in me. He's guiding my footsteps. I am going to sing. I'm going to shout. I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus and begin to go on and on speaking words of life rather than giving yourself the opportunity to have death self-talk. I really hope that somebody's listening to what I'm saying because it's important. A positive, godly attitude does not ignore problems. Think about this. A positive, godly attitude does not ignore problems, and that's what people think about us that believe in faith. They say, you're just, you're just denying what is. No, we're denying the right for it to stay there. It is reality if you're sick, if something's going wrong, if you don't have enough money. That's reality, but you have to deny the, uh, the right for it to stay there, to change, and let yourself talk. Begin to see yourself with the answer rather than letting yourself see you failing or, or, or going under or losing all your relationships or everything you have. See, your self-talk can talk you so far down You'll have to look up to the bottom to touch it. You'll be under the bottom. I don't want to be under the bottom. I want to be the head and not the tail like the Bible says. See, a positive godly attitude, as I said, doesn't ignore problems. It doesn't regard what is challenging. But a godly attitude deals with it. Not with anger. Not with fear, not with, with frustration, but a godly attitude recognizes the problem and starts trying to find the way through. Now, uh, uh, give me just a moment here with Romans 15 and 5, the Living Bible again. May God who gives patience, may God who gives patience, God will help you with your patience. You know, that's the area where a lot of people really have problems is with patience, is patience. Anybody in here uh, agree with me that that's the problem that we all have to work on is patience? You know, patience, you know, especially in traffic. Wow. Oh. And boy, in Dallas, Dallas, uh, uh, I forgot how many people a week's moving in into Dallas. It's either two or 400 people 
400 people a week moving into the Dallas area. And so, you know, our traffic is just growing and growing and growing. But, but anyway, Romans 15 and 5 say, May God give patience, may God who gives patience, steadiness, and encouragement help you to live in complete harmony with each other. <clears throat> now notice the last part of this. <clears throat> each with the attitude of Christ toward the other. You know, I was driving yesterday and the guy gave me the finger. He was talking to me with his finger. I must have done something he didn't like. Well, you know, I could have, got, I could have gotten to his world, but I decided not to get in his world because his world was not worth getting into. So, uh, if I'd have gotten to his, his world, would that have been the attitude of Christ? But it says, have the attitude of Christ to each other. Now that's sometimes very difficult to do. Especially when some people won't do when that's what they're supposed to do. They won't live up to responsibility and, and it affects you. When someone doesn't live up to their responsibility and it affects you and sometimes drains you or takes from you, it's really hard to have the attitude of Christ towards them. But the scripture says, I, I'm going to read something in here it doesn't say. When someone is doing something they shouldn't do or should do, and it affects you and drains something or takes something from you, have an attitude of Christ towards them. Amen? Amen. Now, that's hard to do sometimes, but that's how I'm still growing, to have a right attitude even when someone is not living up to their responsibility. See, actually, a, a godly positive attitude sees the situation accurately and thoroughly and it does not lock in on the negative aspects of the situations. And with people sometimes that's not behaving and doing right, sometimes it's hard not to lock in on what they're doing that's wrong and get frustrated. And, and every now and then a few people, I have a few problems with that, that I, have to, I see myself locking in, you know, where they're, they're, they're not moving, they're not changing, because what they're doing affects me. Doesn't matter to what people do if it's, I'm not emotionally attached. But when you're emotionally attached, that's when it affects you. So you see, I'm preaching to myself and talking to myself just as much as you. And so... A, 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 a negative attitude uh, is not good. A godly attitude starts looking for a solution. A godly attitude starts, and some people it seems like there's no solution for them at all. They just over there in that hole, and they're stuck there, and nothing you can do or nothing you can say. Well, you you know you just finally have to back off and say, God, I put them in your hands, and I'm going to do my best to to do the right thing. Now, give me about two more minutes here, and then I want to start bringing this to a close, and then picking up here at this this place next week because this is too powerful. A godly attitude uh, sees the situation as I said, more accurately. So let's pray, every one of us right now. Let's say out loud, God help me, God help me to, have the attitude to have the attitude 
of Christ in every situation, even in my relationships, with my family, and at work. See, now this is where we really live our lives every day. And, and if we can't do it here, we can't do it somewhere else. So we've got to do it within our life. Uh, remember, a negative attitude tends to be narrow, limited, rigid, keeping you from victories, and having good godly friends. You know, that's really important who you associate with. Your friends, what are they speaking into your life? Are they helping you to be better? And I'm not talking about just getting money. I'm talking about living for God. But Pastor Sheeran talked about how we were with Dave and Joyce Meyer last week and, and how it was so pleasant being with them because we talked about the Word and we talked about God. We didn't talk about anybody. We didn't talk about anybody. Oh, we, we mentioned a couple of people that were doing something for God and how wonderful it was to see what they were doing. But we didn't have any negative talk about anybody because that was not uh, profit them, us, or anybody to talk negative about anybody. We talked about the victories. Remember, a negative attitude tends to be narrow, limited, rigid, keeping you from victories and having godly friends. A negative attitude is no use to you or anyone else. The only way, the only way to be productive in your life is with a godly attitude and be respectful of others. How many people do you see that are Christians that are not respectful to others? Wow. Christians, we should be showing godly respect for others. And, you know, let me just bring in right now. If you don't like our president, if you, don't, you, you think he's the worst president in the world, you should respect the fact that he's the president of the United States of America and that he was elected through the electoral system of our government. So the people that didn't vote for him have many, 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 many Christians have not accepted the fact, even though he didn't get the popular vote, he still got, which our Constitution does, and that he's not the first president that won through the electoral votes instead of the popular votes. Some people act like he's the only president that ever got in of winning the uh, amount of electoral votes that it needed to put him in office. And so some people have no respect for him whatsoever because he's the president of the United States and they didn't vote for him. Well, you know what? If we would be respectful whether you, you like him or you don't like him, be respectful that he was voted in by the Electoral College of, of our Constitution and that's why he's the President of the United States. Enough people in those states voted for him to make it possible. So we should be praying for him and asking God to give him wisdom whether you like him or don't and those that hate him that are Christians, they need to get to work on their attitude because God cannot bless them as long as they hate our President 
whoever our president may be, uh, whether it's one you voted for or not, uh, until they get the hate out and get the right attitude, God is not going to hear the other prayers and bless them at all. Woo. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Well, you know what? I think right here is a good chance for me to stop and just do some things that I want to do here this morning. I'm the pastor, and I happen to be up here at the moment, and so there's, a, there's just a few things that I, I wanted to do today, and, um, and I hope you'll bear with me just a few minutes as I do this. And, and I'd like that, that microphone, that, uh, Al, if you'll give it to me. And I'd like to call my lovely wife up here. Um, my wife, Sharon, if she'd come up here. You know, um, let me just say, you know, she's going to have a birthday this coming Tuesday. Now, she always does things for me and my birthdays and always makes a big deal out of it. And, um, you know, I'm making a big deal out of hers because this is a special number. And um, she's turning 75 this coming Tuesday. Now, to me, my 75th, you heard me say a few minutes ago, my 75th was a real, real special time. I had several birthdays, the 40, 50, and 75. I really thought they were real pivotal points in my life, and they were. But 77 for me, I didn't realize the, 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 the uh, double blessing, and so I'm not going to hang with that. Um, uh, anyway, I, I'm not going to um, stay on mine. I want to come back to hers. But let me tell you about 30-something years ago, I, would, I planned her a birthday party. And back in those days, I drove a red Corvette. And um, I was a lot younger. And, uh, but I was planning her... 40th birthday as a surprise and we'd rented this big thing we lived in Tennessee Chattanooga Tennessee and we rented this big uh, I rented this big part of the convention center and we had a big dinner and I invited friends and we had people flying in from all over for her 40th birthday and in my office we were doing stuff and we were hiding stuff from her and to hide from her stuff is almost impossible <laughs> She, she is into everything, you know. But anyway, to hide from her is just, just almost impossible to do. But I pulled it off. And anyway, one day I was riding down the road with her in the car, and we was in the Corvette. And, and Lois Oliver, we was passing by your house. And I looked over at Pastor Sharon, and I said, you know, it's really something. And I had this all planned, it was all paid for, and people had their tickets, and it was just a couple of days before. And I was planning her 40th birthday. And I said, Shen, you know, this is really something. You're turning 40. She looked at me and she said, Don, I was, I'm already 40. I'm turning 41. <laughs> I'm thinking... I mean, we're in that Corvette, you know, I mean, that, you know, I had the muppers on there, you know, and, and, 
And, and Lois Oliver, I know you're watching right now, was passing right by your house on um, Stanford Gap Drive in Chattanooga going to our house up in Mountain Shadows. And anyway, she said, 41. I said, you can't be. You can't be 41. And she didn't know what I had part. But I, I went on with it, and we had a great party and a great time, and on and on and on. So... Uh, I really haven't made a big deal publicly of her birthday until this one, and it's her 75th. And so I just felt like that I, I wanted to, to do something for her birthday today. And I, I wrote down some things that I want to say to you, Sharon. Uh, you can hold this. And I want to say happy birthday to a great mother, a wonderful grandmother, a great grandmother. And I'm so blessed to have you as my wife. I've loved you since I first saw you. Even though you didn't like me, I loved you. And I'll love you forever. Age is no enemy to you. Every year you become wiser and more sweet and beautiful. The sweetest of birthday cakes could never be as sweet as you are. You're the loveliest woman in the world to me. My wife and my love. And as you turn another page in the chapter of your life, never forget, I feel so blessed to have you as my wife. I hope your 75th birthday is as happy to you as you've made me. Happy birthday to my beautiful wife. You're the wings. You're the wings beneath my life that causes me to soar. I would not be the preacher, the man of God, the person that I am today if it were not for you. Happy birthday. Sing happy birthday, everybody. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to Sharon. Happy birthday to you. You know, God has been so good to us. And uh, I couldn't be what I am without you. And uh, your love, your understanding. You loved me when I was, wasn't so lovable. <laughs> but you loved me anyway. And through a lot of the things, that's what's made our love stronger. And I love you more than anything in this world other than God. You are, you are the light of my life. And I love you more than I can even express today because I'm overwhelmed by your love. Thank you, darling. I meant to say you're the wind beneath my wings. 
No, 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 no. Um, I don't normally look at this on Sunday morning, but I've got a few friends here that, I mean, there's, I, I don't know how I can get to it all, but uh, let me see. I saw something from Greg Crawford. Um, let me see. Um, where is this? Hold on, just, this is from Janet from Dubai. She says, Happy birthday, Pastor Sharon. God bless you. Uh, Greg Crawford, Happy birthday, Sharon. You've always been the anthem of God's, of grace and Christian example. Pam and I love you so much. Uh, Pam and I love you so very much. Proverbs 31, 10 through 10 and 12 through 10 who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies the heart of her husband does safely trust in her so he that he, so that he shall have no need to spoil she will do him good and not evil all the days of her life and Greg thank you so much for your birthday greeting to uh, to my lovely wife and Pam is giving you some smiles um, anyway I just you you can be seated but I want her to stand here for a minute and a few people in a few places have given her a little greeting that she knows nothing about and so uh, David if you will um, do that let's I don't know what he's compiled. I didn't look at it. So let's see what David has put together for us. Sharon Clowers, it's your birthday today. You're my mom, and you're one of the most amazing moms on planet Earth. And I'm very thankful that God chose you to be my mom and not somebody else. I'm going to take a few minutes and just go through several things that I wrote out of what you've done to me, done for me, what you've meant to me. So we'll just take a few moments and just recollect some things. And the first thing I want to remind you of is about 20-some years ago, I was taking a trip and I flew in and out of the Atlanta airport. And you drove my little Honda car all the way to Atlanta to get me and bring me back. It's, a, I think, a two-and-a-half-hour drive one way, and it was in the rain. And I didn't know it, obviously, until you told me, but the, there's a lot of rain on the freeway. It, caused the, the water to build up in your hydroplane and the car spun around and you almost had an accident but you prayed and God spared your life and I, I didn't never really say anything to you but that day meant a lot to me that you would go out of your way to come get me and what you went through in order to come get me and uh, the first time that I took my trip to Africa um, I uh, got back and apparently caused some virus or a bacteria and for days on days it seems like I was very sick and ill but you took care of me you took time out of your day and you spent it with me taking care of me until I got better and um, a funny one is when I was around three years old we were living in a little town in Alabama and you were uh, it taught me how to go to the bathroom by myself and I remember one morning afternoon or something along those lines I walked outside to the front deck and I decided to grunt a little bit and go to the bathroom in my pants and I remember just a few minutes later you came out there and you weren't very happy with me that I decided to go to the bathroom in my pants and so you spanked me really hard 
And I just want you to know I got the message. That was a good memo. I want you to know that I never went to put nothing in my pants again. <laughs> then, um, you know, you did laundry for me for many years. You, uh, you cleaned up after me. You showed affection for me when I didn't even deserve it. Um, you know, there were times I remember as a single parent, you, you helped me be uh, be a dad to my parent, be a dad to my kids, and you you showed affection for my kids because they didn't have a mom. And uh, you know, because of you, I have a God-given destiny, and God used you to bring me into this world, and I will forever be thankful. Proverbs 31, 25 says she is clothed with strength and dignity. And I've just watched you, Mom, over the years through all the highs, the lows, the good, the bad. You've had a lot of strength uh, that most women, uh, they just don't possess. And you've done things with dignity, class, um, of what's been done to you, what's been done for you, what you've gone through. And uh, there's not a greater example or role model of a, of a fine lady with dignity. I know um, Tammy, David, Jeff, myself, you know, we are who we are in part because of what you did for us, the example that you set, how you taught us, how you trained us. Um, you know, uh, the Bible also says in 1 John 4:19, um, our love for others is our greatest response to the love of God first demonstrated to us and I believe that's how you were able to show love to us because of the love of the Father that was demonstrated to you and I just wanted to say thank you for all of the love that you've demonstrated to me for being a mom, for being there for me, for everything that you've showed and displayed to me it truly is an honor to be your son happy birthday and I love you mom oh, yeah. <laughs> Sharon Clowers, it's your happy birthday, number 75, and all the way from Warner Robins, Georgia, Linda and myself and my brother-in-law, Mike, who's holding the camera here because you know me and my technical <laughs> difficulties, and, and I still have them, but we wanted to get in on your surprise 75th birthday, and like I said, you could easily reverse those numbers, you know, and it could be 57 instead of 75, might even be 35, you know, I don't know, you, you definitely do not look your age, and we wanted you to know that we value your friendship, we appreciate you and Don so much, and because I went over time on my first video, I'm going to cut this one real short and just say have a happy, blessed, wonderful 75th birthday from Linda Rowan and Al, all the way from Warner Robins, Georgia. Bye-bye. <laughs>
so much. Hey, Pastor Mama, it's your unofficially adopted boy here. Uh, I just wanted to wish you a happy birthday. I remember a couple years ago uh, during church, you were giving me some hugs and kisses, and you said, oh, you're just like a son to me. And I said to you, hey, if you don't mean it, don't say it, because I have mommy issues. Well, let me tell you, you did not disappoint me. I love you, and I appreciate you, and I hope you have a very blessed and wonderful day. Love you. Well, I heard that there is a birthday girl today, and um, uh, Don uh, said hello. We were chatting the other day on the, uh, the internet or Facebook, and he said, Bob, did you know Sharon is celebrating her birthday? And of course, he was uh, talking about that a little bit, and I've always thought that Sharon was ageless and that Sharon didn't have birthdays. And I said, Don, Sharon is not having a birthday. I said, you're lying. And he started laughing, and I said, well, I want to say something special to Sharon. Sharon, you are ageless, and I'm reminded of that scripture in Psalms, that your youth as renewed as the eagle, who satisfies thy mouth with good things. Sharon, you are a blessing coming in and a blessing going out. And you have many, many more wonderful years to celebrate Jesus Christ on the inside of you and being a big blessing and a gift from the Lord to all of us. So happy birthday from us here at Word of Faith and Success in Life. A big happy birthday and many, many more. Amen. Hi, Sharon. I wanted to wish you a happy birthday. I know your special day is coming up on Tuesday, and I hope you have a great day with your family and friends. I just want to tell you that you've been a dear friend to me over these many, many years, and um, I value that friendship. You've been there with me through the good times, and we've laughed and shared good times, and then through the difficult times, too. And I just really love you, and you're precious to me. So, I wish you a happy birthday. Hi, Sharon. I've been asked by Pastor Don to bring a birthday greeting, and I feel very privileged to be asked to do it. I've written down a few thoughts that came to mind when I was thinking of you. He's asked for a short greeting, that's why I've done that. I consider you a dear, dear friend. Um, you know, when you count friends on your hand, you would be one, one of my, my, my few dear friends. Literally, we're on the opposite side of the world, but you're close to my heart. You've been a loyal friend. You tell the truth in love, and I love that about you. You're a godly example of being faithful to God through the difficult and the easier times. You've been faithful to love your husband and your family. You and Pastor Don have opened your hearts and your home and your lives to Bill and my family. We've had some hilarious moments, some of which I won't mention right here, but we went no much, and we've cried together. You are a gift to those around you, and I'm so grateful to God that you came to Adelaide and that God put it together that we would get to know and to love one another. So it was a God set up. And I'm so grateful and I'm thankful. And I just want to tell you that I love you with all my heart. 
and have a wonderful day. God bless you. Bye-bye. I don't have Deborah Brown's um, picture to put up. I'm sorry I don't have that, Deborah, and you're watching. I see you're watching right now, Deborah. But we've known Deborah since she was a teenager. And um, God, you know, we were just blessed to walk through a lot of life together. And I was honored to do the ceremony for her and her husband. And here she is over in Georgia. Uh, I won't say how many years ago, um, but it's over 40 <laughs> that we did the ceremony. And Deborah says, happy birthday, Sharon. I truly believe 2020 is going to be a very rewarding year for you. You've been faithful and loyal to the ministry and to a true man of God. But more than that, you have stood for God in your own rights, ministering, believing, praying for others. I am praying God will bless you on your birthday and throughout the year. Love you, Deborah Brown. And then this is also from a dear friend of over 50 years that used to work for us when we didn't have any money to pay her and so she had to move in and live with us. And she actually helped watch the kids and it is uh, Sandy Payton. And um, Sandy Payton's been here with us several times, but she says, Dear sweet Sharon, it's such an honor to greet you this morning on this, your very special day. Since the day I first met you, I have been amazed to see how God has used you as a wife, a mother, a speaker, a teacher, a worldwide traveler, as such a beautiful godly woman. You have shown thousands how to be the perfect pastor's wife. And whatever capacity and whatever capacity God has used your husband, you have stood by his side faithfully, encouraging and praying for him. I love being in your presence and spending time with you, and I treasure the friendship that God has given us for more than fifty years. No, I love you and pray for you continually. Blessings to you, Sandy Payton. And then I have another note from another friend of many, many years that her husband, um, her husband used to come and fix wood for me and put it in the fireplace, travel with me, and no matter where we would be traveling in the United States, at 5.30 in the morning, whatever city we were in, how small or how big, he'd be knocking on my door because he knew I got up at 5.30. I don't know where he would find them in some of the cities. Two cups of coffee, just the way I liked it, with a little bit of cream. And he'd, he'd, he'd knock on my door at 5.30 in the morning. And he'd say, uh, Pastor, here is your coffee I brought you. And this is none other than Lois Oliver. And she says, Pastor Clowers, I'd like to take this time to say happy birthday to my sweet friend, Miss Sharon. She has always been kind, loving, and most of all, beautiful. I love her with all of my heart. She was there when I needed her most. I will always remember her kind words and the warm hug she gave me when my Bobby went home to be with Jesus. One last thing. 
And she's talking to me now. Are you trying to hide the fact that you're almost two years older? <laughs> Happy birthday to you also. I love you both dearly. Lois Oliver, a great friend. And then I'll conclude with this one. And um, uh, this one's short, but it's just as uh, powerful as the rest. And this is from Joyce Meyer. And she says, Hi, Sharon. Happy birthday. You're a great friend, wonderful wife and mother, an amazing woman of God. I admire and appreciate you. Love, Joyce Meyer. Amen. 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 Well, um, this is, this is uh, something that I wanted to do because she's always doing something for me, and I wanted to show her. And, the, you know, I, I, I'd, I'm not like her. She's organized. When she worked on mine, she worked on mine a year. I worked on hers a week. <laughs> and so uh, I could have had a lot more people to say that wanted to, but we didn't have the time. But... Uh, uh, Tammy, I'd like for you to come up here and greet your mother, um, uh, if you would. Uh, I just got a phone call from Pam Crawford a minute ago, but I actually couldn't take it. Pam, if you want to type in something, then I'll read it. What do you want to say here, baby? I just want to say it's a blessing to have you as a mom. Thank you, dear. And that you're a great example of what a Christian woman should be. Baby, I love you. I'm sorry. It's okay. You can hug your mom. She's. All right. All right. It's okay. It's okay. It's all right to cry. These these are moments. It's okay to cry. Uh, yeah, you can you can go down now. If David could come in from outside, could David come out of the control room? I hope I hope. Somebody can go back there and because uh, uh, Danielle's not here this morning. But if David could come, now, I got something I want to finish first. Oh, well, we got him in an order on the way we want David's last. Oh, David's last. Yeah, okay. We, we have we have a couple other people who would like to say I, some things. Well, I got a couple that wants to say something. No, no, we're going to do it. Okay. Chad first. Okay. He's the oldest. Chad, <laughs> Chad's the oldest. <laughs> Oh, he's coming with the youngest, the, the oldest grandchild. The oldest grandchild is coming with the youngest grandchild, great grandchild. Look at Madeline. Give Madeline a big hallelujah. Mm, you can't resist that. Mm. Isn't Madeline beautiful? Along with uh, Charlie and Danny. Danny back there. Danny, you're welcome up here if you want to come, dear. Uh, Chad? <laughs> well, we just wanted to say that we love you and thank you for always being there for us. Um, I remember as, as a child, you teaching me how to drink coffee, <laughs> mainly from a bottle, um, and, and how to cook, and just always being there for me, and it's how much of a joy it is for you to be able to be here for my family and experience my children and create those memories that I look back on every day and am so fond of. And I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you where I am today. And 
secretly, you are the rock of this family. <laughs> so calm, um, so steadfast. I know you look frail and <laughs> just just tiny in stature, but you're big in spirit. Amen. And um, you you encourage us to live out our dreams and watch us grow and. It's just been such a joy to be part of this family and in in your life and have you in our lives. We love you. This is actually his name is Jeffrey Chadwick. <laughs> Took me a minute here because we, well, we got we, we, we had three Jeffreys, so bear with me here. Uh, and we call him Chad. He he chose Chad over Jeffrey, which is okay. But Jeffrey is named after our son that was killed, and Tammy, or uh, his mother and dad chose to give him that name and. And he was the first. We don't love the first any better than the rest. But the first, you know, they they sort of a little bit different. And we spent a lot of time. And when we moved to Dallas, actually, he came with us. He left his mother and daddy and came with us. Not to live, but he came with us. And they eventually got him back home, even though he didn't want to go back. But uh, anyway, this is Madeline, and Charlie's back in the children's room and we've had Charlie up here a few times but this is their last latest <laughs> uh, I, I don't want to say last because I, I don't know that about that but uh, anyway thank you Chad and then I want my uh, grandson TJ to come up here this morning uh, TJ's getting to look a little like Jesus <laughs> and um, but uh, we're so blessed to have him here with us. And, and TJ just had a real encounter with the Lord this past weekend. And um, he was sharing with us the encounter that he had. And so that was so, so awesome. Uh, so TJ, you want to say something to your grandmother? I mean, I guess, yeah. Uh, wow, 35 is a big number. Uh, celebrating your 35th birthday. Don't look it. Um, uh, <laughs> She's going to love you. <laughs> more <laughs> yeah um I, I just like there's so many things that i could say and i could have like prepared a speech uh to say but um i didn't really want to think about it too much because i wanted uh, what i wanted to say to come from like the heart um so pretty much when i changed my life around about two years ago from the path that i was walking on um it wouldn't have been without the influence of both of you guys and the love that you've shown me especially. Um, I remember as a kid, I would come over about every weekend, <laughs> about every weekend to just spend the night with you guys because I loved playing Monopoly with you and I would always get Boardwalk and Park Place and I'd end up winning a lot, but... Um, <laughs> uh, but I do remember, like, I just really loved being around you guys and you especially, Nani, because the amount of love that you've shown me, especially like now that I live with you guys, like the amount of love that you've shown me is just, it reminds me a lot of God's love, how throughout all the circumstances, you just still keep on loving me regardless of the decisions I'm making or 
how I'm living my life. Like, you still love me the same, and even more. Um, sometimes I walk into my room and it's clean. I have new sheets on my bed, <laughs> and I don't even ask for it. Sometimes, <laughs> and how you do my laundry, and like I don't ask for it, and like I feel bad because like she's doing everything for me. You know, the cooking could be better, but uh, <laughs> I'm I'm kidding. It's some of the best meals I've ever had, but there's there's so many things that I could say that hasn't been said already. Like you're an amazing woman of God. You remind me so much of Him, and you just you your love is just so raw and passionate, and. I, I, I'm speechless in what to say, in all honesty, because like, I can't really say too much without getting overwhelmed, because someone's cutting onions in here, and I'm about to cry. So, <laughs> But I, mean, I just, I love you so much. Like, words can't express how much, and I'm so thankful to have you as my grandmother, and I wouldn't want anybody else to have. Thank you. Thank you, TJ. Thank you. I just, um, Pamela Crawford, she just called me and she was probably going to, I could have put, put it up to the phone, and I, but I, I didn't think about that, Pam, when you called. But she, Pamela Crawford, she's been a, we've known her since she's a child. She says, and I remember meeting her at 12 years of age, and she says, as a child, I would just look up at you, talking to you, Sharon and wanted to be like you. You're the most beautiful, precious woman. You always showed me love when I stayed with you. And at that time, I needed you. Thank you for your love and friendship. I love you, Pamela Crawford. And here is Miss Jordan. <laughs> we don't get Miss Jordan up here very much. Let's move this away so we, uh, the, I can get a good camera shot of Jordan. Because Jordan is, is all of our grandchildren and great-grandchildren. I see Charlie back there now. She wants to, I guess Charlie wants to come up here, doesn't she? I think Charlie wants to come up here. Pardon us, folks. I hope you're, you're being... Here is Charlie. This is Chad and Danny's. Uh, and, of course, she wanted to come and be with her cousin and with her nanny. This is Charlie. Anyway, uh, Jordan, it's so good to have you here and... We just love you so much, and always when you come to our house, we're so happy when you come to our house. And uh, we're celebrating, as you know, Nani's birthday. And you know how many birthdays she, this is, what birthday this is she's celebrating? Mm -hmm. 75. That's her 75th birthday. <laughs> well, Mom, I just want to say how much I love you, and thank you for everything that you do for me, that you do for all of your grandkids, your great-grandkids, and um, the times that you've helped me throughout my life, even when I didn't even deserve it um, because of the things that I was doing, and despitefully to hurt y'all. And But you love me through it. And uh, But you're just such a godly woman. Uh, and thank you. I am who I am today because of you. And uh, thank you for taking care of my kids when... It was just me and them, and now with Jordan, uh, thank you so much. I just can't even begin to tell you how grateful I am and the influence you have over me and all of your grandkids, your children, your great-grandchildren. You, you're just a beautiful woman of God. Thank you.
Pastor Jan has a couple words to say. Well, you know what? This is, I am, I am going in on my 12th year. I, we arrived uh, January 11th. Wow. Well, we arrived January 4th, but we had left uh, New Year's um, Eve weekend, and the two of you were out of town, and uh, so Pastor Tim was preaching. So I didn't meet you till uh, January 11th. Sunday, January, January 11th. Wow. You know, was our anniversary. Twelve years ago. Yeah. Well, it turned 11, so now I'm in my 12th, going, okay. in, going into the 12th year. So anyways, and so what I decided to do is over the years, it's been years now, <laughs> over the years, there's just things that um, I've, uh, I've, I've observed about you, and I wrote them down because I didn't want to forget them. And so you've become a friend. But here are some things I've noticed. You're faithful and loyal to God, family, and the church family. And what um, some of you may not, what some of you may not know, is that she is so loving and caring and concerned for uh, you all, and she's concerned about people that aren't here anymore. And what she does, I know this. I'm telling on her. <laughs> she writes texts. I mean, and she sends texts, she makes phone calls, she writes notes. And she doesn't just do that to the people that are faithful and that are coming on a regular basis. There's somebody, I'm not going to name their name, they haven't been here for two years. And they left and she's still, you know, after two years, was still making contact with that person. So that's what kind of a person she is. And, you know, um, our actions actually speak louder than our words, don't they? So it's not like I'm spying on you. <laughs> it's just, I mean, that I notice that about you. And the thing is, too, is she doesn't give up on people. And part of, and part of, um, that's part of why she continues to text people and to call people and to write to people, because she doesn't give up. She's, she has tenacity. She has stick-to-itiveness. And so she just continues to believe, and I just believe, and I would say I probably know, that you're still praying. There are people that you're praying for. And they've, gone, they've been, been away for a long time. And that's a, that's a hallmark of God. And when we imitate God, that becomes a hallmark, a godly hallmark of ourselves. Uh, the other thing is, too, is she's generous in giving. She's always She's always generous. She's always giving. And again, it's not because I spy on you. It's just because I know, I know that you are. Another thing is, too, is when she faces ad adversity, and we certainly know all of the adversity, you know, the adversity, um, adversities, not all of them, but a lot of them that they've been through, major ones that they've been through, and they don't give up, they don't quit, and I just see, too, how she honors. She honors pastor, and she honors the calling that he has on his life. It's very evident to me that she does that. And that's a wonderful thing, and God sees that. And God is pleased with that. 
Um, another thing is, too, is she's brave. <laughs> she would have to be brave. You know, when you think about the story of how they were, they were uh, married and, and uh, you know, they went into ministry right away and how they lived, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So she's, she's brave. And I would even say adventurous. Adventurous. <laughs> adventurous as well. And I would say, too, because of all of the things that she has been through, it's amazing. I'm sure she has her times because we all do. But I would just say, you are unflappable. <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story. One time, this, was, uh, this has been you know, probably five, six years ago. For some reason, I, I had, we had had a staff meeting or something, and I had gone into my office, and there were ants absolutely everywhere. It was absolutely uh, uh, amazing. There's a, an old sh short story called Lenigan versus the Ants, and that's what my office looked like. And so David went and he got the spray and everything, and I came down and I, I told Pastor Sharon about it, and she was just completely not even moved, <laughs> not one little bit. And I thought to myself, I thought, well, when you've lived out and you've lived with snakes and, <laughs> and who knows what, when you live in Tennessee especially. <laughs> Al's grandma is, is from there, and uh, she would look at, she would drive someplace that had a lot of greenery, and she'd say, that's snaky. <laughs> that's what she would do. So I would say that, that uh, some of the properties she lived on was probably snaky. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, she's absolutely unflappable. And so I just want to say how much I love you and appreciate you. Thank and you. you too, Pastor. Thank you so much, Pastor Jen. Thank you. Thank you so much. Pastor Sharon, uh, Barbara, would you please come up? Barbara just wants to say a word. We're all so grateful to you guys. Please be patient. <laughs> here next to one of the most awesome people I know of. She's one of two. But Pastor Sharon is a gift to me. I love her so much. I watch her. I learn from her. I haven't gotten the patience she has. <laughs> no, but she has patience with me. And the only scripture I can say you are blessed and highly favored and I, 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 uh, Yes, I love you, Pastor. <laughs> Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. One more Thank time. Thank you, Barbara. Jesus. Thank you. Because I truly thank him for both of you. Amen. And I bet I better go for that. <laughs> but I still can talk. Thank you. Uh, Graciela, would you please come in? Pastor Sharon, we want to present you with a little bouquet of flowers from the congregation that you can take home and enjoy. Just a little token of our appreciation. And I just want to say that... Give me a microphone. I just want to say happy birthday, Pastor, and 
your children have called you blessed and so do your spiritual children and that's us me we love you so much thank you so much thank you and these are my most favorite flowers in the world is the cow lily and roses And uh, okay, Pastor Don and Sharon, we've got something special for you. Jordan, would you please come in? <laughs> Jordan has something for you, Pastor Sharon. And if you'd like to open it, you can. What did you say, baby? This is from all the people in the, the church. <laughs> this is from all the people in the church. Pastor Sharon, would you just hold that up and show the congregation? This is what we got her a beautiful gold chain necklace. And Pastor Don and Sharon, I have a, a whole mitt here full of, I am sure, heartfelt sentiments from the congregation telling you how much we love you, we appreciate you, and we thank you for being our pastors, being loyal, and being here when not a lot of people are here, or being here when a lot of people are here. You're so loyal and committed. I'm sure there's a lot of wonderful sentiments in here. That's for you guys. And now, we have Miss Barbara bringing in a birthday cake. Let's go ahead and sing it again, everybody. Happy you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God, praise God. And just to close this out, we also have another birthday cake out in the lobby. They're going to take that home, but we have a birthday cake out in the lobby that everybody in the congregation gets a piece of birthday cake. So when we leave and dismiss, you can go get some birthday cake. Amen? Amen. So if you guys have already brought up your tithing offerings, we also... Yeah, I'm saying bring up the tithings offerings. And for you on the internet, if you want to support this ministry for the next 25 years, because they're going to live to 120, so we'll give them the last 20 to retire, but up to 100, they're still going to be preaching. So if you would like to be a part of this ministry, uh, can we put up the uh, website so you can send in something? If you're not attending a church, this is your church. Join it online. Send your tithe in here. If not, just send us a love offering so we can continue this ministry worldwide to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we want to say thank you for being part of this celebration of the birthdays of Pastor Sharon and then a little bit for Pastor Don. <laughs>
and she truly does look like she gets younger every year. Praise God. Thank you so much. Come Tuesday and be a part of our live stream, but we'll see you next Sunday morning. God bless. Hey, wait, wait. Yes, wait, sir. Wait. I'm, I'm, you got just, one more? Yes. I just wanted to say, um, I got my mic, that um, Roma Circle from Moldova. He is our interpreter when we go in that part of Eastern Europe. And um, Roma stays in touch with me almost two or three times a week. He and his lovely wife, uh, Natalia, and their beautiful little daughter, Helena. And um, we love you. And Darlene Lewis, we love you. We love everyone. I can't go through here and look, but... Um, if you didn't watch all the program, I encourage you to go 